Coming up today, we'll talk about the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series drama at Weed Sport, big cash for B-Shep, and more from the Dirt Racing Weekend. Let's go. It's Monday, August 1st. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. I don't know if we've had full moons or maybe the heat is getting to people or what it is, uh, but we can't seem to get through a dirt racing weekend without crazy drama here lately. Last week, it was fights at two sprinkler races. This week, it was a throne helmet and flagman conspiracies at Weedspore. The word about those sprint cars were in town at Weedsport for two nights, and going forward, nobody will remember the Saturday night, uh, Saturday night show for David Gravel dominating the second half of the race and picking up the win. What they will remember the evening for is Sheldon Huddenshield throwing his helmet onto the track during green flag conditions and for his crew guy flipping off the tower as they pushed the 17 back to the pit area. Late in the race, Sheldon spun out of a top 10 running position and ended up stopped inside turn one in the infield. There wasn't really good video of what happened uh, to the NOS machine, so I'm not really sure what the circumstances are with the spin, but the car sat for several laps in that spot in the infield and the race never went yellow. Sheldon was clearly not happy that a caution wasn't thrown, and after a few laps and some big gestures to the tower to express his displeasure, he tossed his helmet onto the racetrack, and that did cause a caution, which then erased a massive lead for Gravel with like just a couple laps left, two or three laps left. There was also a brief skirmish when the safety crew tried to tow the car away between the safety crew and Sheldon's crew guys. But eventually the 17 was pushed by four-wheeler back to the trailer with one of his crew guys then showing the bird to the officials in the tower. Gravel went on to the win over Donnie Schatz and Polly Colagiovanni with, uh, was third with Sheldon scored down in the 24th position. I get here that those guys were upset that the yellow wasn't thrown and in the moment when emotions are high, people make bad decisions. That's, you know, everyone's competitive, everyone's emotional, uh, and sometimes people just do the wrong thing. But you don't want to see things escalate to the point where they did on Saturday night. This is something that needs to be handled between the driver and officials in a reasonable manner. We don't want these things to play out on the front stretch under green, possibly affect the outcome of a race. Obviously, safety things were uh, in play here. And I feel like there seems to be growing tension right now between the competitors and the series. And I feel like all involved need to get together and just squash this thing. Let's get it all on the table, work it out, figure out you know where we can... Make sure there's enough trust happening and, and we don't have situations like this blow up. And I think uh, maybe that would have been, you know, the last of it. But if that wasn't enough, social media was again ablaze on Sunday night following Donnie Schatz's dominant win. A hot mic on Dirt Vision caught flagman Dave Farney asking Schatz about the signaling he does with the flags. And folks took that to be some sort of shady situation happening with officials and Schatz. Or, you know, maybe not Schatz specifically, but obviously the guy who ended up winning the race. And for those unaware, Farney is a veteran flagman in the Northeast. He's been doing the signaling uh, like this for years. Uh, Farney does a lot of uh, modified shows. There's not a traveling flagman for the World of Outlaws. I don't know if that's something that people understand. Obviously, the World of Outlaws has a ton of traveling officials, but the flagman is not part of that. They just use whoever's available locally. They put an outlaw shirt on them, uh, and that's just who is in the flag stand. And Farney, being a staple in the Northeast, he does a ton of work for World Racing Group, though. You'll see him at Dirt Car Nationals down in Florida. You'll see him at World Finals. Uh, he does all sorts of flagging. He's kind of famous for, you know, the things he does in the flag stand. And whether you agree with the signaling or not, that's just what he does. And, you know, if you want to sit here and say that he shouldn't do that, I'm certainly not going to stop you from having that opinion. Maybe he shouldn't be doing it. But we seem to be at a point where people are just looking for any little thing to try and, you know, cause kind of problems, drama, you know, whatever, 
you know, whatever they think, and they're going to latch on to whatever they view as evidence for some sort of larger conspiracy that's just not happening here. I think, too, if we hadn't had the work area issues uh, a, a while back between an outlaw crew member and an outlaw official, we had the Sheldon situation on Saturday, you know, maybe those things don't happen. Maybe this doesn't blow up quite like it did. But it seems to me like the series has some, uh, some work to do to kind of clean things up. Uh, you know, obviously not some great things have, have happened with officials and on dirt vision and all of this stuff. So, you know, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But I hope, you know, we kind of get this worked out. We don't need this tension that, you know, there's enough drama, all that stuff happening as it is. And we've had a great championship battle. I feel like all of this is kind of taking away from the racing that's happening on track. And a lot of it kind of feels pretty unnecessary. Leaving the weekend now with the Ironman uh, at Peavely coming up next, the outlaw points issue situation has changed pretty uh, dramatically. What was a five-car battle a few weeks ago is now suddenly uh, what appears to be just a two-team fight between Brad Sweet and David Gravel. Those two are only 36 points apart. Everyone else from Macedo in third on back is over 100 points behind. Uh, we'll obviously continue to talk about this. We'll talk more about the Ironman later in the week as well. Before we move on, a couple of quick driver and team notes for the Knoxville Nationals. Swindell Speed Lab will have California ju uh, driver Justin Sanders in the 39 for the next few weeks. We talked about that TBA on the entry list a few days ago. Uh, so now that one has been filled. Also, Jason Johnson Racing co-owner and crew chief Philip Dietz will bring back his Dietz Motorsports number 14 for the Nationals. And he'll have the other Macedo brother in the seat. So Carson in the JJR 41 as usual and brother Cole in the Deeds 14. And we normally see Cole around Ohio with the Linders and that Gill Construction 18. That'll be a, a nice little lineup there for Deeds and JJR there for the Nationals. At Fairbury on Saturday night for the big 50,000 win Prairie Door Classic, nobody could run down Brandon Shepard in the big show. The Rocket House car started on the hole and held off challenges from Mike Marler and Bobby Pierce and eventually led all 100 laps at Fairbury. So Bishop got 50 grand for the win, obviously nice payday, but then got an additional 50 grand for leading all of the laps. Each lap led in the feature was worth an additional $500 bonus. So very nice money there for, uh, for Brandon Shepard and that team. My win pick was Mike Marler. He ended up finishing second with Tanner English rounding out the podium. Defending event winner Kyle Larson may have been a factor late, but he picked up a flat tire and a couple of brushes with the Fairbury wall ended his night. An incredible 81 cars were at, uh, in attendance for the two-day show. PDC just continuing to show that it's a... Uh, uh, a big time event on the super late model schedule each year. Max Blair did finish eight spots ahead of the award of outlaws late model series points leader Dennis Erb, but the gap is still 168 between the two. And then Tanner English is only two more points behind Blair uh, with the USA nationals at Cedar Lake coming up this week. That one features another $50,000 uh, $50, payday. So I'm sure you'll see a lot of guys at that race this week as well. With the All-Stars over the weekend, we had Anthony Macri picking up the big $26,000 payday at I-70 for the Race Rudine Foundation race. And Rico Abreu went eighth to the win on Saturday night at Knoxville. Rico had a nice mid-race battle at I-70 with Macri before the 39 was able to get away late. Abreu ended up with a me uh, mechanical issue late in that race and ended up out of the event in 23rd. Buddy Kofoid and Justin Peck joined Macri on the podium. A quick note about Buddy Kofoid. Uh, apparently, uh, Bernie Stubgen is not part of that crouch team anymore. So. Bernie focusing right now on Macri and obviously the Indy race part 71 and the crouch deal has been separated. I just wanted to point that out. The win was Macri's fifth all-star victory of 2022 and his first away from Pennsylvania. That's a big step here for Macri. On Saturday night at Knoxville, they had a big field of 55 cars. You know, obviously this is one of the final chances to tune up for the Nationals, both the 360 and 410 Nationals. So you figured a lot of cars were going to be there. Kerry Madsen led 20 of 25 laps from the pole, but things got good late between Madsen, Rico, and Tyler Courtney, with Rico eventually getting away at the end for the win. 
It was Rico's first All-Star win of 2022, and I think a sign that 24 could be a serious factor at the Nationals with Ricky Warner on the wrenches. In the race for the All-Star Championship, Sunshine padded his lead just a little bit more with the gap back to Justin Peck, now 126 points. With other 410 racing taking center stage in the next few weeks, the All-Stars are going quiet until August 19th at Outlaw Speedway. In Indiana, USAC's Indiana Sprint Week closed out over the weekend with Justin Grant earning his first ever Sprint Week title. In six nights of racing, he had six top fives, a win, and five podium finishes. Just an absolutely insane week for JG. His top 10 streak also just overall is now sitting at 15 straight races, and his season-long points lead has grown to 111 over Brady Bacon. Kyle Cummins was the Friday winner at Bloomington back in his own car. He won from 10th, which is tied for the deepest starting position a winner has had this year with the series. On Saturday night in the finale at Hobstow, Robert Ballou led all 30 laps from the second starting spot to earn his fifth win of the season, topping Cummins and Grant. So with the rocking chair in his possession now, JG will look forward to uh, uh, the rest of the season to try to tie up that season-long championship. The next stop for the USAC Sprint Cars is coming up later in August. That is Kokomo for the SmackDown. Other weekend, late model winners uh, over the weekend, including Dale McDowell taking down the Southern Nationals finale at Tazewell. Corey Hedgecock's 11th place finish was good enough for him to clinch that championship. Matt Cosner and Jared Miley were winners at Bedford and Outlaw on Friday. Justin Zietner won six grand on Saturday at Adams County, while Jacob Hawkins, Rick Eckert, and Devin Gilpin were weekly winners as well. Other weekend open wheel winners included Cannon McIntosh getting the power eye midget sweep between Jacksonville and Macon. Zach Dahm and Paul Nienheiser were MOA winners, and Andy Forsberg was a Sprint Car Challenge Tour winner at Petaluma. Ryan Timms was the Sunday winner at Hussett's Topping, Matt Jewell, and Caleb Johnson. There are two shows on the streaming schedule today that includes Flow Racing 24-7 and Weekly Racing from the Clay County Fair Speedway on SpeedSport. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Uh, have a good Monday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet, uh, tweet at me. Certainly curious to see what you guys have to say about all of the madness from the weekend. That's it for the show today. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily. Dirt Tracker Daily.